1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. There's a million reasons I could have not done this road trip. I still don't even know exactly where I'm going, (laughs) and I've got three days left. I mean, it's just been amazing. You have the opportunity to shoot, you know, a muley in full velvet, which... A lot of times you don't have that opportunity with Colorado rifle tags. If I don't have a bear tag, I'll see bears. I'll have an opportunity to shoot a bear. But if I have a bear tag, I won't see a bear. If I have an elk tag, I won't get to shoot an elk. (laughs) (laughs) Draw back. And someone's like, Sam, you don't have an an arrow. I'm like, I'm at full draw. Nothing for me is going to top Montana. I mean, it just, I left a good chunk of my heart up there. I think when you can adapt to that and you can get to the point where you're good with not knowing where you're headed tomorrow, it can really open up some doors. When you got your, your pack on, you're never lost. You're just not where you initially intended to be. Hey, y'all. Welcome to episode 81 of Living Country in the City. As all y'all who listen often can probably tell, I've got a bit of a unique episode for y'all today. Now, if y'all remember a few months ago when I was on my road trip, I came down to Durango, Colorado to hang out with Brandon Waddell of the Wilderness Attitude Podcast and Mr. Muley Matt Howell of the Mule Deer Hunter. We hiked up to about 12,000 feet and laid down a really fun podcast. I am back in Durango, Colorado on my way up to my elk hunt. And went and grabbed dinner with Brandon last night. He gave me the okay to release the audio from that podcast as an episode of my own. But before we get started, want to say a quick thank you to Sawyer Products for being a continual supporter of the podcast. Make sure y'all check them out. I have been using their products religiously since I came on my trip. And you know what? I am actually above Durango, Colorado right now on some public land. And I'm in my car recording this, and I'm getting really distracted by a coyote that's walking right in front of my car. And I'm sitting here wondering if I can get my bow out in time to get him, and he is trotting away. Oh, there's a bunch of them. So, I'm getting really distracted while recording this, y'all. I hope you're getting a bit of a laugh out of this, because... 
there is no way I can get to my bow in time to get these dang coyotes. Ah. Anyway, moving back on. Once again, big thank you to Sawyer Products. I've been using their especially bug repellents and sunscreen nonstop on this trip. I'm excited to try out their gravity filter system while I'm out on my elk hunt. Make sure y'all give them a check out. Make sure y'all check them out at Sawyer.com. All right, y'all, so getting on to the episode, I hope you enjoy this one with Brandon Waddell and Muley Matt Hal. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wilderness Attitude Podcast. We're bringing it to you straight from the wilderness. Matt, where are we? We are up on top of, I don't even know what peak this is, but we are up in the mountains of southwest Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> we are way up at the top of the Plata's, um, and we are looking at a stellar view. We have the Plata's looking towards... Telluride and Uray, Silverton is what I'm looking at. So that's what's behind Matt and Sam. And anyway, we bring you a special podcast today. We Sam Ayers of Live and Country in the City podcast <laughs> is on the one of his last legs of his epic road trip. It's been um, across the Western United States. Quite the trip for sure. And uh, this is definitely the uh, not to make a Colorado joke, but this is definitely the highest I've been on the uh, the road yeah. trip. <laughs> but <I'm> sure, right? <laughs> but I'll tell you what, this uh, gets a lot thinner up here. Yeah, where are we at? Let's see here. Let's check out our where. What's our where are we at? I got twenty-one fifty-seven. Or uh, sorry, twelve. All the numbers run together on this. I got to rearrange it, like I was saying. Um, <laughs> twelve one fifty-seven. Twelve thousand one hundred fifty-seven feet. Yep. Yeah, we are pretty much sitting right at tree line. Yeah, there's a few trees up above us, but not more than a hundred foot. And as some of you probably recognize by his voice, Muley Matt, Matt Howell has joined us up here as well. He's got his vortex glass out, and <laughs> his wilderness attitude podcast hat on, and he's and he's checking out the world up here. Well, we know that there's already some deer up here, and there's already some elk up here, so yeah. I'm hoping that I can find some. Yeah, we, we, we caught up on some good elk tracks crossing over the saddle here, which is pretty cool. Uh, even on the other saddle we came across, we got some nice stanky whiff of some elk coming up across there, too. And uh, so that's cool. But we came up here because we wanted to bring Sam up here to Treeline in Colorado, and we wanted to let him sit on top of the world and do a podcast because we figured that would be something new for you. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, a little bit different from my uh, couch in the middle of L.A., so. <laughs> or the moose chair you almost bought oh, back man, in that thing. Fair, or Pagosa Springs or something, right? Oh, gosh. I was, looking at, I was looking at pictures of that, too, this morning, and that was the ugliest, most glorious thing I have ever seen in my life. I was driving, driving by at, you know, 50 miles an hour, and it was enough to make me stop, turn the, turn the truck around on a two-lane highway and, and go pull up and, Went and grabbed a couple photos, and this thing's a double-wide throne. It was a moose throne. <laughs> and I just about got out of my car and asked how much that thing was, and if it was anything under 500 bucks, it was going in the back of the truck and coming home with me. I told, uh, I told myself, you know what, I'll get rid of my couch, I'll get rid of everything in my living room, and commission a giant portrait of myself to hang right above the moose chair. <laughs> <laughs> People would want, you'd bring girls home on a date, right? They walk in and be like, ah, yeah, about face. <laughs> I'm out of here, man. 
Are you kidding me? I think they would be Vikings glorious. Some hikers. Some hikers. Yeah, they're Ooh. trying to trying Ooh. to get to the top of the peak. Last the hikers. Yeah, that's a good place to come up here. Lots of adventure up here, and uh, one of my favorite places to come. Uh, I find a lot of peace and a lot of tranquility up here at the top of these hills. That's for sure. Yeah, this is as a kid it was always one of my favorite areas to to come into. Uh, you know, just. It's so beautiful up here. It's peaceful, you know, and 20 years ago, there wasn't near as many people up here as there is now, but it's still a great place. It's yeah. uh, pretty easy access from town, um, and uh, just just being able to get up here at Treeline and see the snow on these peaks still, and it's just awesome being up here. couldn't agree with you more. I think that the... Uh... I think that there's a lot to be said about the influx of people, that's for sure. But I also think that um, there's still plenty of wilderness out here, man. Oh, uh, there is. I mean, look I mean, look behind you. <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, there's Engineer over there, right? Yep. Yep. Engineer's there. You can see Twilight Peaks over there, yeah. you know, some of the 14ers. I mean, there's so much wilderness here. You can go anywhere. You, you can get away. <laughs> you can get away, Sam. There's places out here in Colorado that no two feet have ever stood. I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. And, and, and plenty of it. I can definitely imagine. I mean, just look. I mean, you can see forever up here, and and I'm sure there's even better spots. But uh, it's just, yeah, you just don't get views like this uh, back home, so. So, Matt, you went way up here. You were talking about how these hills and some of these basins used to hold some world-class muleys. Oh, there. yeah. You know, you know this, this country, when I was <clears throat> 12 and 13, I'd come up here with, with my dad and uncle, and and uh, they were bow hunting mule deer up here. And the bucks they were after were, you know, world-record-class mule deer. Um, and... In the last 25 years, the genetics up here has changed, um, and there's probably a lot of factors that go into that. There's still some good bucks up here, but in this drainage, I think you'd be pretty hard-pressed to find anything that's close to 200 um, now. You might get an occasional one. Now, back behind us, I think there's definitely some 200-inch deer back in there, but um, this drainage where some of those monster bucks used to hang out in um, has just doesn't hold them anymore and i think there's a couple reasons but one of the reasons we talked about um they have an early rifle season in here now that's usually the first full week of september um it's usually the week before muzzleloader um and they give out 25 tags in this unit and i truly believe that you know that that has definitely hurt the population as far as removing a a large portion of the mature bucks out of these drainages um and their genetics weren't then passed on so um i don't know it may come back you know how things ebb and flow but um definitely not i mean if i was just looking for a mule deer i'd hunt in here but i wouldn't you know there's other areas i think older bigger deer now but when i was a kid this was the go-to spot and you know i had mentioned that maybe some of the more farmland down south maybe might influence some of that migration corridor traffic that might bring them up here. I mean, because I know that in some of the lower units where they migrate, we there's still some there's some 200s in there definitely. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, but like you mentioned, though, there was 200s there and there were 200s here, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're definitely right that in the lower unit, it's much easier to hold on to those 200-inch class deer down there because most of it's private land. So your opportunities for hunting that are way less. And like you mentioned also earlier is that in this unit up here, this high, this that high muley hunt with a rifle, your success rate up here is on that tag is damn near 100%. Right. Yeah. And that's... And when you got 25 of those being taken out up here, that's tough, right? You know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of freaking high quality deer that we need passed down that are being taken. Cause everybody that every, no, there's not anybody in my, that I know of that is going to hunt a high mountain muley and not go for the biggest thing they can get. They're right. not taking coal bucks up here. No. No, they're not. No, for the most part, they're not. I mean, you'll get guys that'll get in and realize, holy crap, what did I get into? And uh, and maybe pass on some bucks and get closer to the road and take something smaller. But for the most part, I think guys are looking for the biggest of the big. And when you draw that tag after putting in for 12 or 13 years, you know, 14 years, you uh, put a little time in your scouting and, you know, take the time to locate those big bucks. And they're still in their summer routine, so... You know, they're pretty easy to pattern, and you'll know which bowls they'll be in come opening day, and I think they get hit pretty hard in that rifle season. Yeah, and I think the value to what you're saying there is, is you know, obviously if you get an opportunity, it's it's not an easy tag to get. No. Um, but it is a great tag to get. Um, and, of course, that early scouting is what pays dividends. Yeah, and it, yeah. you know, I, I like the opportunity that it gives, you know, rifle hunters because you have the opportunity to shoot you know, a muley in full velvet, which a lot of times you don't have that opportunity with Colorado rifle tags. That's right. So when do they start dropping their velvet over here? Well, I think, man, I mean, gosh, the last few years well, it's been quite different, actually. You know, and, and uh, <laughs> different bucks will shed at different times. You'll see them, you know, the first week of September, you'll start to see one or two start to, to shed. And by the second week of September... You know, middle of muzzleloader season, I would say close to 50% of the bucks are shed or are right there. And by the third or fourth week, pretty much everything's shed. Now, uh, my last archery buck I took, I shot on September 22nd, and he's still in full velvet. So there's a few bucks that'll hang on to that velvet a little longer. Um, and then you always have the wacky ones, like the one in my neighborhood who still hasn't shed. <laughs> Not only hasn't shed his antlers from last year, he still hasn't shed his velvet from last year. So he hasn't dropped both nuts. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a wide range, and I think it has a little bit to do with elevation too, right, Matt? I mean, I that's what I think. I think there's some elevation content. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've noticed, you know, in the even down low, you know, there there will be a couple bucks, you know, that first week of September that in these alfalfa fields will will have stripped their velvet off and their antlers are as white as can be, you know, instead of like some of these high country bucks that get in the trees and, you know, shed their velvet there, they, uh, they're rubbing on, you know, get a little color to it. But, um, a lot of times those bucks in the alfalfa fields, you'll get a couple that'll go, but I think the majority of them in the lower area kind of hold on to their velvet a little bit longer. Yeah. You know, I think one of the other awesome things about coming up here in, in the, in the plaza, just like you say, we're watching some hikers try to crest up to the top of of the notch up there, and um, you know these 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 mountains offer a lot to everybody, not just hunters, but I mean backpackers and 
mountain bikers and kayakers. Horse, uh, kayakers. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of those. <laughs> so funny part of we were driving up here. I got three kayaks on the top of my rig and we decided to have fun with a Jeep coming down. And so we asked, we told him that the guys at Mild to Wild in Durango sent us up here and told us there's some epic whitewater up here. Do you guys know where we should put in? And <laughs> we stumped them for a second. They weren't sure how to answer. <laughs> uh, they were pretty stumped. <laughs> well, so tell us some of the, I mean, I want to talk a little bit about your road trip because I, I mean, like I told you yesterday, I mean, I'm, I'm super happy for you, but I'm super jelly too. Cause <laughs> it's like, I would love to take a, uh, you know, a chunk of time out and freaking go do what you did. I mean, you got some amazing highlighted experience through your trip. The Pacific Northwest was amazing. It really surprised me. Like, I knew I knew there were some cool spots up there, but going through Oregon and Washington, just generally driving through the PNW was, was really cool. Um, but... Nothing for me is going to top Montana. I mean, I've always I've always had a fascination with Montana, and uh, I left, especially going through Glacier West um, and that whole area, and went up to Bowman Lake, and it just I left a good chunk of my heart up there uh, in that spot, and um, there's just some amazing, amazing views, amazing weather. Um, just uh, it rained a few nights and. I'm sleeping in the back of my pay, my rental pickup. I got a I got a tarp that I bought like the second day of right. this trip. Bungeed it down, thinking it would last maybe three or four days before it shredded. That thing is still solid and holding on, and so it's been my tent. I haven't bothered setting up a tent all but one night. Right. Um, <laughs> so when it rains or gets funky, you just rip the rip just, the tarp back over the top of you. Yeah, and it's good to go. Pull it back, crawl underneath with the dogs. They crawl into the foot of the sleeping bag and. Uh, I just listen. It's like a white noise machine, like right above my head. The rain on that tarp, and there has been a couple of mornings though when I uh, where I haven't adjusted it quite right, and I uh, <laughs> I'll wake up to it kind of sinking in about a quarter of an inch off my face, and there's no real good way to get get out of there, get that water off without, uh, well, basically taking a nice little morning shower. <laughs> but uh, which I, I honestly, at any given point that happens, I probably needed right. it pretty bad. So <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, the whole trip was <clears throat> super impromptu. I just, you know, I was coming back from a month working out in the desert for festival season and uh, just decided, you know, <clears throat> I've I've been working my butt off for the past month, uh, you know, just really haven't had much of a break. And it's, you know, it's nice out there. They put us up in some good spots, but it's just, you know, I needed to get out and do something a little more freeing. And so just about two weeks before I left, I kind of threw some points on a map and said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Who's going to be around? And got some responses and looked at a rental truck and just kind of decided to go. Um, It was originally I was just going to fly out here to Colorado, say hi to some folks, and decided I was like, well, you know, I'm going to have to rent a car anyway, so I might as well drive out, and then I can can stop here. Well, I can stop here, too, and turn it into a three-week road trip. Here, and then here, and then here. (laughs) And, uh, uh... I don't have a boss right now at work. Um, he, uh, he left the company to pursue some new stuff. And so they're kind of figuring out we're in a transition period right now. So I, I can't, like I said, I can't get an expense report approved, but, uh, I can, uh, I also don't have anyone that, uh, is going to tell me, no, you can't go work, re- work remotely for three weeks on the road. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, so I sometimes just, when those doors open, you got to take advantage of them, don't you? Oh, absolutely. That door <laughs> open, I walk right through it and, I'll tell you what, uh, it's, you know, it sent out an email and said, hey, 
just a reminder, hit me up on email or phone, but uh, you won't see my face in the office for the next three weeks. And, you know, it's worked out well. I'll be on the, on the highway, and I got my Bluetooth. I rented a brand-new Silverado, and so it's got a nice new Bluetooth uh, speaker. So I'm taking conference calls and hopping on stuff, and sometimes I'll just have to pull over on the side of the highway and update a website tethering off my phone. So it's amazing how we adapt, though, to achieve what we want. Oh, yeah. But sometimes there's times that if we don't want to do it, how easy it is to figure out a way not to, you know? I mean, it's I mean, life, isn't it? I mean, we're human. <laughs> we all do it. I times, usually, but... there's a million reasons I could have not done this road trip. There's a million reasons. Right. right. It was going to cost me too much. It was, you know, I, I wasn't guaranteed a place to stay any given time. I, I had too much work to do because I have a crap ton of work to do right now. But, uh, you know... It, I decided it was something I wanted to do, and I'm like, everything else is just details. Just figure those out later. Um, heck, I didn't even, I still don't even know exactly where I'm going, <laughs> and I've got three days left. Right, yeah. I, I mean, mean would you, I said, are you, so are you sticking around? Well, yeah, I think I better stick around for more than just a night, because I really don't know where the hell I'm going <laughs> next. So I might need to kind of regroup here a little bit, because I really had it all dialed in right to here. <laughs> Well, you know, and it, it, it's just changed every day. It's changed, and I've revamped, and I've kind of been updating. Uh, I've been a little lax the past couple of days, updating my little calendar and where I'm going to be when, and i got to I got to text a few people. and But, you know, it's just stuff happens, and something, uh-huh. something will be closed, or someone will, someone will be out of town, and so I'll decide to go visit someone else, and that's what happened. I wasn't even planning on going up into Washington. Um, initially, I was just going to go through Oregon and uh, go straight up uh, into Boise and then up up to Coeur d'Alene, but uh, some of my friends, uh, some of my friends in Eastern Oregon weren't uh, weren't being cooperative. So I decided to roll on up into Washington and visit some folks up there and go see uh, Mount St. Helens. I've wanted to see that since I was a kid, right? And I got up there, got up there super early, and I could see about 15 yards in front of me. Oh, <laughs> it was just so fogged out up there. Uh, so I missed out on that, but oh well. That's all right. But no, it's been. I mean, it's just been amazing, and getting to see, uh, you know, a lot of people that I've either met in passing or talked to on the podcast, or just old friends that I haven't seen since Hunt Expo or whatever, and um, just being the outdoors, and, you know, sometimes I'll be heading in and just decide I want to pull over and spend the evening on some BLM land and start a campfire and just enjoy the night, you know? Right. It's It's a nice thing about doing it just with me and the dogs, too, is... You know, no pressure to be in a, you know, unless obviously I'm meeting someone for something, but there's no real pressure to be in a specific spot at a, at a specific time and right. can just enjoy our public lands. And um, I really want to do another, you know, we kind of talked about it last night. I really want to do another, another one of these and uh, just do it as super public lands focused and go, uh, you know, we I think we talked about go to go to an event in each state, and but the whole time stay on public lands and make right. a big road trip around all the western states again, and, and just document the whole thing and show how one important it is to have these public lands, and just to how easy it is to use them to utilize them. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> most of the time it's just me pulling over the truck on the finding a trail, getting over to a spot that's you know that I'm allowed to camp in, and not. Not any big faulty roll, not having to pay a campsite fee or or sleep on a cement slab that's been 
pre-designated as campsite 4A or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, and to kind of parlay that into hunting, I think when you can adapt to that and you can get to the point where you're good with, you know, not knowing where you're headed tomorrow, especially if you're going to do something in the backcountry, it can really open up some doors, you know. You got enough on your back, you throw your bivy and or your tent on your back and, you know, hit the ridge and locate something two miles away. It's a lot easier to go over there and set up camp over there and, you know, hunt that animal rather than go back to camp that you just hiked two miles out of, yep. you know, and, and now you're four miles away from camp after going after that animal. So if you can be flexible, you know, in the backcountry and not necessarily have, you know, you have a game plan of, hey, I want to hit this area. But, you know, if you're if you get stuck on, hey, I'm going to be in this bowl, there's not a guarantee that there's going to be animals in that bowl. But yeah, because, I mean, so. especially public land, I mean, someone can blow that up. Right. Whatever your and whole plan gets thrown, or, yeah, shit canned right there. So, I mean, you you know, it's a good it's a good trait. You're right. Yeah. Well, what's the saying? You know, you're never when you got your your pack on, you're never lost. You're just not where you initially intended to be. That's right. Uh, you're not you're not suddenly lost because you don't know exactly where your initial <laughs> spot was going to be. Exactly. You've got everything you need. You got your tank. You got your stuff to start a fire. So what's why are you freaking out right now? And I know some people that if they're just if they're not where their GPS originally told them they were supposed to be, or yeah, you know, they just—I think that's a transition that hunter, younger hunters go through. I think I did that too, where I wanted it. I wanted to know where I was going, and I wanted to stick to my plan, and I wanted to be more rigid in that format. I think everybody kind of morphs through that a little bit. And I mean, there's to some extent, there's a safety aspect, and that's yeah. important too. You know, you want to. Put out, a, you know, your hunting plan and give it to your, you know, your family or a hunting buddy or someone that can, if you suddenly don't show up, you know, three weeks later and right. nobody's heard from you, uh, it, it'd be good, you know, to know where to send the search party. But uh, I think that's why when when I got that in reach last year, oh, yeah. that, I mean, that just opened up opportunities for me to be able to just go roll. Right. Like you're on this road trip. Just go free roll in the woods, man. Got everything I need. I can plop anywhere. I can be anywhere. I can survive out here. I'm good to go. I know that I have a certain course of action within the amount of meal planning I've done, right? But at the same time, though, that uh, I I can go, you right. know, and and I can stay connected. I can, you know, bleep, you yep. know, on the screen for the wife or whatever. Or and if I do need to communicate, I can. And and I think it's well, priceless. The nice thing about that is, you know, if you're using that tracking feature. It's a it's a cool recap of your hunt later. Yeah. Like, I didn't even think about that. Uh, but then I was going through my Arizona hunt, and, you know, I was doing a lot of glassing. So I'd sit in glass for a while, and then I'd pop it open, and I'd send a message to one of my hunt buddies and tell them how it was going. And, you know, it saves the whole history of wherever you've been. Yeah. And then, oh, this is where I thought I was found a good spot, so I was super in a good mood. And the, yeah. And it's, it's a fun little recap, and... Oh, here's the spot where I said I'm going to quit hunting and go back to playing Dungeons and Dragons. And <laughs> yeah, see, you know, even Callie was asking me after we did that one trip. Matt, she's all, so you named something the rec center. Would you like to explain what the hell that means? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's where all that. the elk go. That's where they all go to play. That's where they all go to play and exercise is at the rec center. What I really liked about your road trip was you marked your journey with some with some great memories, with some great people, you know, building relationships and, and, and carrying those out and getting to meet someone like, like you and I, we, we barely met in a bar and, you know, really not a lot of 
conversation back and forth. But we knew we wanted to talk to each other more. We were at the show, both busy podcasting. It was just a whirlwind. And so, I, you know, even like you and Matt had done a podcast prior, and so that was a good connection point for you coming here. And um, But even along the way, you met new faces. You 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 got to experience some new things. and uh, Dry firing a bow. Dry, got to dry fire your bow. Now, has that story been told yet? Uh, it's been told uh, told on a couple of mine, but... Yeah, Very briefly. Uh, Why don't we go there a little yeah. bit? There, country, and so. and not to not to knock you, but it happens more than you would think. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The, you know, yeah. we have a friend that did the same thing. Yeah, to ask you about it issue. is only to so. to to bring it to light that this is something that happens more often than people think. Well, it's funny, you know. It's, I've had a few people that are like, "You'll notice we're not giving you as much shit as you would expect for for this because." I've seen more people do this, like, on a fire and, like, people that have been shooting for years. And it's just, you know, you get, and especially, like, I've been, I'm half out of it at any given time. I've been sleeping about four hours a night in the bed of a truck, you know. So it's (laughs) slightly out of it. I'll use that as part of an excuse. But, you know, you just get so focused. You're talking with your buddies, and then you're like, okay, i got to range this. And you're, like, laser-focused on this 3D target. And you go draw back, and I, I draw back. And someone's like, Sam, you don't have an, you don't have an arrow. I'm like, I kind of cock my head out. I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't. So I go to let down. I'm coming off. I'm, I'm at full draw. And so I'm coming off. I kind of take my fingers off, but I'm coming off the back wall, and it does that initial jerk, and I just tap my yeah, tap my release. That's how most of the time, that's even exactly. people who Boom. catch it, another 80% of the time, that's how it happens. Look at that. It's so cool watching. Sorry, I just got interrupted by a hawk sailing on the sailing on the wind up here. Well, you had a sparrow that came about two feet from your head. About well, 10 they were running ago. from that hawk. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Does happen, you know, a lot, unfortunately, and especially at 3D shoots. And you know, you're focused on that target. You're thinking about the yardage. Um, and you're I think about the trees. You're thinking the about, right, you're thinking about your talking shot. to everybody. You know, you're I'm talking to people. On. And, and you've been doing this. This might be your third shot, or it might be your fortieth shot of the day. And so you've been doing this over and over and over. And I think that's one of the big reasons that putting an arrow on your string should be part of your shot sequence. Mm-hmm. You know, I know guys that'll do a shot sequence where they just draw, anchor. Yeah, and my seat. Yeah, draw, exactly. anchor, let down, and and they don't put the arrow on as part of their shot sequence. And and so for me, when I do a, when I'm thinking shot sequence stuff, I'll put my arrow on, draw, anchor, hold, release, you know, and get the full shot sequence. So yeah, yeah, because it's good, good, it's good to practice. Because in the heat of the moment, oh yeah, you don't always have an arrow loaded when you're when you're hunting when an opportunity arises. Right. So yeah. it's one of those things, but. So you roll up on the 3D course, third target. Yep, third target. So I got to miss the second target. So I got an eight for the uh, the 20 target course. Oh, no. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> I was official scorekeeper and uh, photographer for the for the afternoon. But You know, sometimes that's a relief, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. I've been I've been getting a lot better, but I'm very curious. It's been a you know almost two months since I pulled that bow out and shot. So uh, yeah, but I really gotta I gotta get back on the shooting game again. I've been I've been slacking this month on my on my training and yeah. my shooting. And by this time this time last year, I was hiking most. I was basically uh, every every other day I was either hiking or I was shooting my bow. I would alternate uh, right. in the mornings because I have to I have to get up and at like four in the morning 
get out get out to wherever I'm hiking or I'm shooting by sunrise so I can uh, get back and get dressed, showered, and get to get, get to, to work, work because we well, don't have a ton of indoor ranges. Definitely nothing close to where I'm at where I can shoot, and uh, so it's pretty much a sun up to sundown. And I work late, so that's not going to happen. Now, I'm way behind too. Join the club. I mean, I you know I. I did a ton of training and shooting going into train to hunt, and then I basically just took the last month off after train to hunt. I've been eating Twinkies and drinking beer, <laughs> and uh, now I gotta get some shooting in before I go to the Pope and Young Adventure Race, and then uh, and then get back here and get serious about my about my fall prep, yeah. getting a lot of arrows downrange, and start hitting some more 3Ds here with Matt and Greg, and getting some work in, and you know it's time to turn that corner a little bit. And, get it tuned up yep. yeah i uh i kind of get really going once i have a tag in my hand or i know i have a tag and right yeah, now i'm so waiting on tags i'm like days oh, away I, here I, in colorado I man so. i mean this podcast won't air for a week or two probably but at the same time though the uh uh three days man yep. colorado yeah. takes forever man well and the hard part is you know in the past even though they had your money and everything it, it, there was a back door. You, you know, I've always known by mid-May. You know, I was looking May sixteenth last year. I knew I had my deer tag. You know, because the yeah. back door was open, and now there's no back door, so <laughs> there's no way to tell. Nope. Everybody's got to wait, just like everybody has to wait. All right? Wow. Yeah. Did that come out right? Everybody's got to wait. Everybody's got to wait, just like everyone has to wait. <laughs> that's got, that's a brandomism. <laughs> that's a brandomism. <laughs> Can we get that on a t-shirt? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right, I'm sure we could print that. <laughs> Anything's possible. Oh, man. You know, back in the day, you had to wait until they were mailed to you. Jeez, just shows up in yeah, your you in check the mailbox mail. and yeah. check the mail. You get a phone call from a buddy that says, "Hey, I got mine in the mail," and you go running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yours you isn't there yet. <laughs> and yours isn't there yet. They even said this that they're going to release the results over the course of four days, from the fourth oh, yeah. to the eighth. So <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see, you know. How that plays out. It will, yep. So I got to decide if I'm putting in for antelope in Wyoming. That deadline's coming up. Tomorrow. Yeah. Ooh, I is think, that tomorrow? Right? Is it? No, it might be today. It's either the 1st or the 31st. So it's either I, today or tomorrow. I, think it's, I, I, I can't go, remember. I yeah. better go sack up and make a decision. Um, but I was I, looking at, I, I don't know. I just got to, I've got to figure out, because I'm doing the, I'm doing that velvet muley in, in August. And where's that hot? That's going to be Arizona. Oh, that, that's the over the counter. About, yeah, um, and then I've got uh, first to, first end of August or second end of August. I gotta, I gotta look at what the dates are, and I gotta, I we haven't figured it out exactly. Wouldn't but, you rather be sitting on this point, glass of muleys in August? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah than a hundred. Yeah, but guess what? Degrees. I've already bought that. I've already bought that tag that's and true. that, that license. That was paid so. for. <laughs> but then I, I mean, I'm also, uh, and then I'm also looking at. Uh, over the counter here in Colorado, I I think I was telling you guys yesterday I met some met some new friends yesterday and they've got a a nice little spot and they were uh, they were asking if I wanted to come in with them and I'm like wait so y'all have pack llamas right I'm like yeah y'all found the spot with big big old bulls right I'm like yeah I'm like you're inviting me to come along and I don't have to do pretty much any work <laughs> other than pull hike in there and pull back. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, that sounds like a damn good deal to me, <laughs> right? I mean, um, but yeah, they, you know, we had just good connection. You know, like you said, meeting meeting new people that that have reached out, and you connect with them, and yeah. that's 
why I wanted to do this whole podcast and everything is just to live in country in the city. Absolutely. Expand, uh, expand my opportunities to hunt. Like I've had a lot of people, you know, give me crap for trying to be an expert on stuff and they very obviously haven't listened to my podcast at all. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, I, like I said, I did because I wanted to document my own journey and uh, and yeah. and just have something to look back on. And I I just listened to my second podcast uh, the other day, and I was just kind of laughing and enjoying it. And yeah, anything I can do to get more opportunities to hunt, heck yeah, I'm gonna take advantage of that. Yeah, I don't care who gives me crap for that. I'm gonna That's take right. advantage. Um, but the bottom line here, Matt, is is that I like because we're not llamas. <laughs> he's not coming here. Pretty much. I no. to- told him he was responsible for his own pack, <laughs> and he said, "Hell, I'm out." <laughs> well, you. Th- I mean, we all saw what happened to me last year after I was responsible for my own pack. You're right. I, I know. know. Yeah, it's I learned a lot tough out there. Know, but, but yeah. So I'm. Uh, that would be. That would be early, early September, and then I'd possibly be doing late September over the counter in Idaho. So I'm. I'm just kind of figuring out in between those two. If I can do Wyoming antelope or, you know, just quit my job and become a hobo officially and then go hunting. <laughs> I don't know how I'll hobo pay for tax, but I figure... You podcast the hobo hunter. Hobo right, hunter. There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Can I buy a domain name up on here? Do I have enough reception to... <laughs> you know what's funny, actually, right here? I think you do. I don't. We're up. I think I had one X last time I had three I checked, bars just a minute ago. I do now, too. I'll be down. <clears throat> what are we yeah. good? Yeah, I'll tell you what. I got one X, but... <laughs> well... Oh, we should wrap this up. I've got commitments with the wife, and uh, and I hate to rush off this mountain with you two. I could sit here and bullshit with you for hours oh, yeah. and a day. So you're going to have to come back. See, That's I right. did this on purpose oh, so that you have Twist to, arm, you have to come you? back. You know? no. no, I loved it. You know, even even rolling into town in Durango is just a cool spot, you know. It's mellow. I, I can I dig the vibe out here, man. There's enough Anyways. yuppies to keep your vibe going. Stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Matt, closing words? I don't have much right now. Just uh, You're just know. soaking up this hill, aren't you? Man, I, I'm sitting here jonesing for a mule deer to walk out. <laughs> no, it's, um, it is just incredible up here. I love it. I can't. I, man, just being up in the high country, it's, it's uh, I can find myself speechless just looking and listening. So, yeah. Yep. Sam, oh, just thanks for bringing me up here, guys. I mean, you're welcome. You know, and thanks for once again, like I said, you know, I do this whole thing to reach out to meet new people, and both of y'all have been super generous with your time and your houses and um, introducing me to people and just hanging out and having a good time. So it's much appreciated, and it shows what the hunting community should be about. Heck yeah, yeah, man, I appreciate it. <laughs> Right on. And for me, uh, thanks for putting us in your road trip, man. It was nice to have yeah. you around, get to know you a little bit, and like you said, build a relationship and and have some fun and get to show you a little bit of some of the different side of Colorado up here than what you had on the front range. And, and uh, I just look forward to a long relationship and friendship and and, uh, and those kinds of things, man. So yeah. professional and non or whatever, it's all good. And uh, to the listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in and joining us up here on the top of the mountain. This is an awesome day. And uh, if you ever get the chance and you're in uh, southwest Colorado, hit me and Matt up. 
That's right. We'll take you up here and we'll do a podcast with you up here on the top of this mountain. Or maybe even somewhere new. So, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Adios. Take us out with a number. With a number? Yeah, sing us a tune. Someday, when I'm awfully low and the world is cold, I will feel a glow just thinking of you and the way you look tonight. All right, y'all, that'll do it for episode 81 of Living Country in the City. Make sure y'all head on over to our show notes page. That's livingcountryinthecity.com slash 81. Check out everything we talked about in today's episode. Make sure y'all check out both Brandon and Muley Matt on socials. Give the Wilderness Attitude podcast a subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. But in the meantime, keep it country, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.